You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, I'm Katherine Griffiths. And I'm Stefania Romeo. And you're listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. Today we have a special topic for you. Stefania and I are going to be sharing our experiences in our careers where we felt like things were really hard or that we were disappointed and everything that we've learned from those moments. Yes, we are sharing our very personal stories and experiences. But before we get to that, we want to acknowledge that it's the top of the month. And as always, we're going to have our personal astrologer, Cassandra Joan Butler, giving the November look ahead for your astrological sign, what to expect for your sign for the month of November. I also just want to take a minute to acknowledge today, November 4th or after, if you're listening to this after the day of release, we are recording this on October 27th, but also very mindful that this episode will be released the day after election day in the U.S. And so we are just sending and holding space for a lot of love and togetherness An energy of coming together is what we hope and intend for. So whatever is happening today, we're thinking about our collective and how we can go forward together. So with that, I will hand it over to Cassandra for your look ahead for the month of November. Hello, friends. I'm Cassandra Joan Butler, your star reporter, with your Vera Astrological Forecast for November. Wow, what a month this is going to be. Of course, that reflects the mood of this most divisive election. Mars turns direct on November the 13th. A powerful new moon in Scorpio on the 15th helps us all to restart. A lunar eclipse on the 30th creates a crisis of communications, so keep your intention intuitive channels open. For Aries, November is your money management time. Make changes after the 15th following the new moon. The eclipse of the 30th paves the way for you to organize anything related with words, marketing, writing, teaching, and yes, learning. Your words matter. Taurus, relationships are your priority this month. Clarity comes to you after the 15th regarding issues of trust. The lunar eclipse of the 30th challenges you to put up emotional boundaries to protect yourself from draining or difficult people. Gemini, November is your time to work smarter, not harder. The focus is on self-improvement in every way. The goal of a better health routine gets a boost after the 15th, and the eclipse of the 30th 
illuminates what partnership changes are necessary. Cancer, from November 1st through the 21st, your thoughts turn towards fun and flirtation and creativity. You may enjoy unexpected attention from a possible new romantic partner. The new moon of the 15th sheds light upon friendships and enjoyment. The eclipse of the 30th inspires you to improve your health. For Leo, November is your time to nest. Home and family are your first priorities as you reflect upon what feeds you emotionally and psychologically. The new moon of the 15th strengthens your foundations, both literally and symbolically. The eclipse of the 30th helps you to decide who your true friends truly are. Virgo, communication, writing, learning, and teaching are key activities for you in November. The new moon of the 15th motivates you to sharpen your communication skills as you tackle paperwork and do what you do best, organize. Avoid stressing over the conflicting demands of home and career as that polarity will likely arise around the 30th. Money is on the mind for Libra as November begins. Wait until after the new moon of the 15th before launching a new money-making project. The eclipse of the 30th can be unnerving thanks to all that contradictory information, so employ your intuition. Happy birthday, Scorpio. As the sun moves through your sign, you will experience a greater sense of confidence and magnetism. Make a wish on that new moon of the 15th that truly reflects your deepest desires. Confusion over making a big purchase may come up for you on the 30th. When in doubt, wait. Sagittarius, November is your time to go within. Honor your need to explore your inner self, pray, meditate, retreat. The new moon of the 15th illuminates what changes are necessary at work. Use your sense of humor to navigate any partnership concerns around the 30th. Capricorn, network and connect with friends for business and pleasure. This is your social time of the year. Make the most of it. You could meet a special new someone after the 15th. Rest and retreat as the month comes to a close. Aquarius, step into the career spotlight as November begins. Others will expect you to take a stronger leadership role. Your skills will be called into action around the 15th as you negotiate some sort of work crisis. The eclipse of the 30th helps you to attract a new helpful person into your life. For Pisces, expand your life as November unfolds. It's a great time for you to learn a new skill and push your personal boundaries. It's also a great month for you to refresh your mind, body, and spirit. The new moon will shed some light on a relationship concern, and a crisis could brew around the eclipse of the 30th, impacting your sense of security. Remember, use your intuition. Sending you all blessings for a peaceful November. For Vera, I'm Cassandra Joan Butler. I love Cassandra's readings every time. She's so good. Yeah, I look forward to it every time. She's so, so good. I always listen for your sign, my sign, and some others in my life, of course. And I love to track all of that and and compare. And I love that she does it in this format so that you can do that. Yes, I do the exact same thing. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into the conversation. Kat, we were talking about the times that we have felt 
most disappointed at work and what we learned from it. I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm working with a client right now on how to get a raise and promotion at work. So we're going through the process of setting this person up for a raise and promotion and getting the commitment for that to happen. And I was reflecting back on my own journey of these kinds of experiences and what I learned. And I learned so much from going through disappointment in this area on how to actually do it. So I thought it could be helpful to share what my experience was in this particular disappointing experience at work. Okay. So I think the reason why I'm so passionate about this and helping people who are interested in setting themselves up for being able to get the raise or promotion is because I approached it in a very wrong way in my past and I learned a lot from it. I remember when I was working at Uber, I'm not going to give away a lot of identifying information, but it was during the time that I was working at Uber and it was, I was very early on working there and I was given a big responsibility that was very much outside of my role. It was very much outside of my job description, outside of what I was originally hired for. Although of course it was what I wanted to do. I always wanted to grow and take on more, but I spent about a year doing a role that was really cool and I loved and I was like growing a lot and learning a lot, but that I was expecting, of course, I'm going to get a promotion and raise after doing this. I'm doing so much outside of my job. I'm doing so much outside of my role. I cannot wait for my performance review. I'm going to get a raise and a promotion. And I never had conversations around that with anyone, but I just was of the mindset that was like, okay, if I just try really hard and I work really hard and I do my best and I overachieve, that'll show them that I need to get this promotion and raise. So I felt really good about doing all of those things. And then when it came time for my meeting, I went into the room and I did not get the promotion or raise. I got a ton of amazing feedback. And then, you know, you always get your, at Uber, they would call them your T's and your B's. What are your top things and your bottom things. And each person would have T's and B's. And the B's were essentially like your areas of development. And I was really frustrated because mine were very, very soft and not for me aligned with not getting that role that I wanted. I learned later that the only reason that I didn't get the promotion was because of some kind of corporate hierarchy thing where they were only allowed two promotions on the team and they needed to use them to convert the most junior people into full-time employees because they were on contract or something. So it was one of those red tape things. But the reason why it sticks out to me so much was because I left that room, my face went white and they were like, are you okay? And I remember just like backing out of the room, although like my self was outside of my body. Like it was like just backing out of the room, backing out of the door without turning around or anything. I just totally exited in that style. And I ran across the street and I was in the middle of Soma in San Francisco, which if you've been there, it's pretty rough. (laughs) And I went into an abandoned parking lot. (laughs) It's an interesting choice, an abandoned parking lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that was really all. I just wanted privacy and there was nowhere to go where I could really unleash what I felt. Mm-hmm. And I went to an abandoned parking lot. There were literally needles on the floor. And I called Lee, my partner, and bawled hysterically for 30 minutes about how I could not believe what just happened and what am I doing? I sat down on the floor. I couldn't move. It was just the most upsetting, disappointing moment in my career. I took it so personal and I felt so betrayed. Like if I think back on like what I felt when I was sitting in that parking lot on the floor crying, it was betrayal. I felt like, why did I just do this? I feel so betrayed and not stood up for Once I came to and like had the gift of, you know, retrospection and reflection, looking back on it later, my kind of cardinal mistake, my grave mistake was I never set the expectations with my boss on what I was looking to get out of the role or taking on all of these extra responsibilities. I never had the guts, I think, at that time to have the conversation that was, hey, I know I'm doing all of these things this is where I envision myself by the time of review. And this is the next level of role that I want. I feel like I'm on the right path by doing X, Y, and Z. Do you feel that I'm on the right path? Are these the things that we both agree are what I need to do to get to that level? And there was so much missed opportunity with that because I was too scared to have that conversation, or maybe I even felt unworthy of having that conversation. And I just thought I was so caught in that headspace of like, impress them, impress them, impress them. Then of course I'll get it versus having like that strength and guts to say, here's my goal for myself. Here's how I believe I can achieve that. And then allowing them to say yes or yes, but, or no. And that has been a huge, huge learning for me, not just in work, or in like a role working with someone else, but anytime you're doing any kind of work or communication or engagement of like setting the expectations of what you are aiming for or looking to get out of it and getting the other person on board or understanding if they're not on board. Yeah, that's a great example. And I've definitely had experiences like that in the past. It's like you expect that well, if you just work hard and you do the things that are outside of your job description and you go above and beyond, then you'll be noticed and you'll get the promotion. But that doesn't always happen. It's kind of like if you expect people to read your mind, because I do that sometimes too. Like you expect them to just know, well, this is how I'm feeling. I want you to act a certain way when I'm feeling this way, but they don't know that that's what you want. So I think it's exactly what you said. It's that communication up front. This is what I'm expecting, or this is what I want to work towards. And then everyone is clear. But I think that's such a great example. And I've definitely been there in my career as well, where I'm just like, oh, hmm. And I think also because there have been times very early on when, I mean, when I didn't have to manage expectations working for a startup. It was just like, okay, well now you're managing this team. (laughs) And I, it wasn't a planned thing, but then as I became more senior in my career, it was, it became more, you know, a lot harder to continually move up. And it was about more about managing those expectations. Yeah. And I think that there's such a difference between, and I think we've both seen this in our teams on the past and we've talked about it. There's a difference between someone saying, 
hey, like I want this raise or I want this promotion versus saying, hey, here's the ways that I believe I'm setting myself up and these goals that I'm hitting to set myself up for this promotion. Does this align with what you're expecting for you know, what good looks like to achieve that so that it's not simply just someone telling you that they want it, but it's like, Hey, let's align on what good looks like and give me the opportunity to be able to get there. Cause I think that that's a little bit of a nuance too. And I think some people can, it it can be tough to have those conversations early on or the first time or even later. And I think that sometimes it comes down to some of the self-worth stuff to break through on to like, who am I to have this conversation or who am I to ask for that? But I always say like, make it easy to say yes, or at least make it easy to react versus putting the responsibility on the decision maker to have to do the work for you. Yeah, absolutely. If you can put together a plan of, you know, this is where I want to get to, this is why it's important for the business and how it will drive success. And this is exactly how it'll play out. Yeah. At least you know where you stand. Exactly. Yeah. So that was one I was thinking about a lot lately and is is painful and probably the most disappointment I had felt um, at work as much as it was that, like I did learn a lot from it about, okay, like how can I operate from an empowered place versus a victim place and not have this happen again? Yeah. And I think in our careers, we learn so much about ourselves because it's, you know, it's like, that's the place where, you know, you're contributing and you're proving yourself and you're showing your worth and all of that. And I think that in those instances, when things can get crushed, it can really hurt because like, it's your career, you value it so much and you're, and we're there for so many hours in the week. And I think it's that one place that, you know, that in relationships, like those two areas are just like Mm -hmm. the places where you really get tested and really grow through those experiences. Yeah. And even like remembering every single moment of those hard times, like when you're in the abandoned parking lot. And I remember Mm -hmm. one time I was like crying in a tunnel with holding a rug. (laughs) Like there's just like those vivid memories that you always remember when something really hard is happening. I think the other thing with workplaces, and I wonder, I feel like, I mean, we're on a a different kind of path and career now, but I wonder for people who are used to working with big teams and being with their teams, if this has changed at all. But I feel like one of the things about that kind of environment is that like, you're constantly gathering data and feedback on like how you're doing and how people are responding to things and you're Mm -hmm. getting positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement or validation or invalidation. And you're just Mm -hmm. like, all of these kind of markers are, are coming to you all the time. And so I think that that is another reason why you grow so much because you're kind of forced to look at all of this stuff so much and you're getting all that data, I guess, on yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I think in bigger companies as well and bigger corporations, it does feel like you have to do a lot more outside of your role to get noticed and get a promotion. And it kind of puts you even more on the spotlight. Like you might be doing things that are outside of your comfort zone, maybe working with another team. Like this is kind of similar to what you're describing, like working on another team on a project that is completely outside of your role and puts you out of your comfort zone. So I think that there's a lot of that as well, where you're not in your comfort zone a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. And that's why like, even though now with what we're doing with Vera and our practice and growing Vera, like I'm so 
grateful to be doing this with you, but I'm also so grateful that I had all that other experience first. I don't think I would have the same lens or would be bringing to it what I would want to bring to it if I didn't also have that experience. Oh yeah. 100. It all makes sense when you look back and, oh, well, that's what all that experience was for. It's like for this moment and for what we're doing. And I think about that a lot. I was thinking about one of the experiences that I had at work that were really hard for me. And that Mm -hmm. was when we were both asked to run the partnerships team together. And at the time, you know, and we were best friends. I mean, we still are. So, like, we're, <laughs> so we're best friends. We're living together. We have the same group of friends. And in now a two by four. Yeah, in a two by four apartment. I had a fake bedroom. The wall wasn't even real. Like it was literally this small apartment. And now we're being asked, now we're being asked to run a team together. And I remember at the time I was really concerned about it, first of all, mainly because we had such a close relationship and I didn't know what this was going to be like. And I didn't want anything to come between our friendship. That was the most important thing to me. But I think that there was also another element of ego. Like my ego was flaring. It was getting, (laughs) it was really out of control at the time because I had been at BuzzFeed for longer and I was early on and I didn't really understand how these things happen and why. So I think my ego is a little bit like, well, you know, Stefania hasn't been here as long as me and I was here first. Like, why are we running the team together? So there was definitely a a lot of ego there. So I remember just being really, really concerned and upset at that time. I think we, I even asked you to go out to dinner so we could talk about it. Oh yes. I remember (laughs) that. We went to dinner at that like vegan Indian place in the East village and talked about it. Yeah. I was probably doing that (laughs) for you. So yeah. So I remember like, I was just very concerned, but I think what I learned looking back at that situation was mostly about my ego. You know, if a situation like that happened now, I would look at it a lot differently and think, okay, this is a situation. What can I learn from this person? Or Mm -hmm. what can I learn from the situation? What can I learn about myself? But instead I went into this, like, why is this happening? I want to like, you know, run away, like just like (laughs) crazy ego stuff. And I think it's important to have experiences like that at work because that's how you grow. And that's how, you know, I learned, okay, like this is a business and this is a professional environment and it's never, it's not personal. And I think that was the one thing that I learned. It's not a personal attack on me. (laughs) Like this is just a business decision. And sometimes, you know, your bosses or superiors can see something that you don't see. And I think at that point, what he saw is that like, we are very complimentary to each other. Like we work really well together because we're so different, but like, we also complement each other really well. So I think that, you know, at the time he identified that, but I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, looking back, I learned so much from that dynamic. And now with what we're doing, it's like, oh, well, we already did that. So there's no issue of working together and building a company together because we've already done that. Yeah. So it makes so much sense looking backwards. But I think the learning for me is just like, like calming the ego down and not taking things so personally. And it doesn't matter, you know, how long somebody has been at the company or what age people are, you know, all of those things that I feel like sometimes we use 
as markers mm-hmm. of like, oh, well, this person's younger than me and they have a higher position. Why is that? Like we use these things as markers, but really take a step back and see if you can look at it objectively, which is something I didn't do at the time. Yeah. We were talking about this for a minute before we started recording. And like, I think it's also understandable. And I think an understandable reaction and position, because like, especially earlier on, like we do feel like that. We feel like, well, I was here first or this is my identity or like whatever it might be. So I think that it's very understandable and like natural to feel like that. But I think that what it sounds like, and I think honestly, even remembering back to that point, like I didn't even realize you felt that way so much. Like I know that you and I went to dinner and talked about it that night. And of course, I think we were being very dramatic. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> of course. There's but a lot we, of drama going on. <laughs> uh, but we went to dinner and talked about it, but I don't think really realized that it was something that was affecting you like it was. And also probably because I was in my own world. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like I'm, you know, going to be taking on the level of responsibility that I wanted or whatever. Although I didn't know that this decision was being made and it wasn't talked about before, but I always just wanted to grow. And so Mm -hmm. that's like what I was thinking about. And so I think it's just interesting to also take that lens too, that like we're all so much in our own worlds and experience. And so Sometimes it's helpful to remain in that spot, but sometimes it's also helpful to really like take a step back and, and think about those things. But I think one of the things that you mentioned that I've like started incorporating myself throughout my career is like knowing when you need to just like take a step back, take a moment and like remove the personal kind of mm-hmm. feeling from it. Because when we're passionate and we have emotions running, like you do react. And so just simple things like knowing hmm, I'm reactive right now. I'm going to like take a step back and just like think about this, I think is really helpful. Yeah. And that's something that I always knew to do. I don't know where I learned that, but I just, I always knew like, don't react in a work setting. Just don't. Uh-huh. And so that's probably why you didn't know <laughs> that I <laughs> that I was bothered by it because I was just like, you know what? I know that this is professional. I know that this is a business decision, but inside my ego is going and flaring and doing all these things. But I just knew I'm like, do not react in a work setting. And that's something that I've always taken with me because reacting emotionally is almost like you're under the influence of alcohol. Like it's like you almost, because I have done it before, maybe not necessarily in a work setting, but like maybe personally I've done it, like where I get so emotional and so upset and I say things or react. And it's almost like you have like that regret afterwards, like that anxiety and hangover feeling. (laughs) Have you ever felt that? Oh yeah. And I think that like some of us are more, wired this way than others to have that fight or flight response. I definitely do. Like I have a fight or flight visceral response to things. And Mm -hmm, I've learned now. Yeah, you do too. Like I've noticed, (laughs) I've learned now, like I really need to take a step back when I'm really triggered by something or I'm really bothered by something. I just remind myself in an hour, Stefania, you're going to be looking at this in a completely different way. So just Mm -hmm. don't react, think about it. And even using that in language too, whether you're talking to your boss or whether it's a personal situation of saying like, you know what, like, let me think about that and come back to you versus playing into the response. Even if you're just trying to cover it up, it's still not going to go well. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to take a step back. Yeah. 
One of the other things that came to mind when you were telling that story was, and that you alluded to was the age thing. And that was something that I've experienced as well. Like I have been in a situation where my superior, my boss, even though they really earned it and were very legit, was younger than me. And I was very uncomfortable with that. And I had a really big complex about the fact that they were younger than me. I even actually turned down a really cool opportunity to work on an amazing project once because the person was my friend. It wasn't you, but also was younger than me. And looking back, I was thinking about it recently. I think maybe that was a missed opportunity because it was someone that I really could have learned from. Maybe, you know, just because someone doesn't have as much years of life experience as you, which is extremely valuable as well, doesn't mean you can't learn something from them. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. And I think that there's a lot with age and years of experience in the workplace that, you know, it's like, using that as a marker for where you're at, but it's not like there's so many other factors. So it's really not a great marker at all. Like it doesn't really mean anything age or even, you know, years in the role. I think it's just like, what skills does this person bring and what have they done here and what value are they bringing? And sometimes that can be quicker for some people or sometimes they're on a different path. So I think, but I know early on, like that was what I was looking at. Like I was like, well, this person has been here for blah, blah, blah years. And, you know, it was so Uh numbers driven and it's just not a great marker to use. (laughs) The biggest missed opportunity or this kind of most unfortunate thing about that is that like there could be a lot of missed opportunities if we're making decisions that way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of cool things that like maybe you would love and could be a part of. So how can you remove all of those labels and all of the outside and really just ask yourself, like, is this an experience that I can learn from and one that I would enjoy and use Mm -hmm. that as your guide a little bit more? Yeah, that's a great point as well. I'll just say one more thing. I also think about that in the other way too. So like, just like we're saying now, like, don't be averse to working for someone who's younger than you or has different kind of experience. I always say this in the reverse as well. Like just because you have less experience than someone who's more senior than you or running the team or the company doesn't mean they can't learn something from you because you have your own viewpoint. You have your own sets of skills and exposure and they can learn something from you or they can learn something if you are in that role, you can also learn something from those who are more junior, feet on the ground. I mean, there's always something to learn from the different perspectives. So I think that that's really important too, as people get obsessed with hierarchy and titles and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. All right. Well, shall we leave it there for now? Yeah, we hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation and got something out of it. And we'd also like to hear from you. What disappointments have you had at work and what have you learned from it? Let us know. We'd love to hear. All right, let us know. Tell us your version of the crying in a parking lot story or maybe something less severe. Thanks for listening. This is Stefania in Los Angeles. And this is Catherine in Sydney, Australia. We'll catch you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.